Welcome to the People's Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joseph De La Cruz, and we back for another week. I'm here with our co-hosts, Brent Daniels and Tommy Collins. How y'all boys feeling? Tommy, how you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. You know, we here, another podcast, some some great questions, you know, so I'm ready to dive into it. How you feeling, Brent? I'm really good. You no, know, ready to carry the momentum from uh, from last week. Got Tommy here at the table with us again, so we got the, the whole group here. Gang's all here. Sir, yes, sir. In case y'all weren't here last week, um, we're here to discuss anything and everything that y'all are curious about. So y'all keep the questions coming in and we're going to keep the answers coming out. So let's get to it. The first thing we're here to talk about is Kanye West and his new album, Jesus is King. Mm-hmm. This has been uh, very controversial, <clears throat> very talked about in the in the news outlets, mm-hmm. in, the, in the media world, the hip-hop world, all over. Kanye's obviously been a... A mogul in fashion, music, obviously we've seen him in the politics with, with uh, <clears throat> President Trump. Uh, Tommy, how do you feel about this? Did you give it a listen? Yeah, yeah, I, I, gave, I tuned in to Kanye, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm a fan of Kanye, personally, but, you know, he, he got, went through three phases, you know. He went through his conscious phase, but he was with Common, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Black power, this and that, and bringing the people together. Then he went to his crazy phase to where, you know, mostly everybody starts to figure out who Kanye was. I think he got pretty popular off his going crazy and doing his rants and uh, that one little episode at the uh, Grammys mm-hmm. with Taylor Swift. And now he's a Christian. So now he, he went from conscious to crazy to Christian. Mm-hmm. The three big C's. So, you know, Joe, how you feel about that? Um, For me... This is a pretty uh big subject for me because I feel like the the pat like I respect the efforts of the album um but I feel like from what he's been doing from before this Christian phase he was like on some he was on the complete opposite on a complete <laughs> tangent like <laughs> other side of the spectrum completely. right 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 so like he was, you know, on some self-proclaiming himself, Jesus, you know, all that. That comes with a lot of, that's that's not no no light stuff to deal with. So yeah, absolutely not. I feel like I can respect the efforts of the album, but the way he's going about this Christian thing is, he might want to find a little bit, right, like right. Reaching. He might want to <laughs> find like a different lane, or the same, go the same direction, but you know, merge lanes to somewhere else because he's got a lot of people following him. So. The same way people was following him when he was conscious were the same people to follow him the same way when he was crazy and probably more people. And now he's got a huge fan base and he's got a, you know, there's a lot of people following him into this new Christian wave. So I feel like he's got to he's got to be careful because I feel one thing that uh, someone told me when we were talking about the Kanye album, he was saying that Kanye is like a, a wolf hidden in sheepskin. Mm. So obviously with that analogy, it's like when he was on his little Yeezus self, self-proclaiming self stuff to be Jesus, the God, all that, he's, it seems like he's not, he's not doing the good work. You know what I'm saying? So that's when he's that wolf, but now he's on this Christian phase and it's either he's the wolf hiding in the sheepskin or he really found a way and he's trying to bring everybody with him. Yeah. 
So that's why I say I can respect the efforts, but at the end of the day, I feel like gospel music is like a it's it's sacred. It's sacred. Mm-hmm. That's it's got to give you that that spiritual feeling. You know what I'm saying? You can only get spiritual buzzes from so many things. You get it from praying, from uh, reading the Bible, worshiping, and singing the gospel. So and fasting, by the way. So I feel like when you get into that territory, you gotta you gotta make sure it's true to the genre and to 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 you know to the Lord's work. So mm-hmm. absolutely, I thought I think both of those uh, both of those you know comments, both of the, what they talked about there, are absolutely correct. Um, you kind of have to be treading lightly, I guess, is is a good way to put it when you come to when you come to a topic like this, because there are so many fans of Kanye's that are ready. To jump to jump on board with this, and I think those people, as as Tommy mentioned about conscious, as Kanye was conscious, you if you are a Christian and you and you you're wanting to engage only because oh this is Christian music, you need to be conscious of of what is being said, what is being done, and what's being done in the past, mm-hmm. because obviously, in no way, shape, or form am, am I having the ability to judge another man's character, another man's heart. You know that's not my place. As the Bible even specifically tells us, how can I judge the speck in my brother's eye when I have a beam in mine? Mm-hmm. So how, how, who am I to say that he's you know, not really living this lifestyle? But at the same time, his, his past doesn't really justify what he's talking about you know, at this point, what he's, what he's transitioning to. But again, in the Bible, we see you know, Saul turn to Paul. Saul was, a, uh, was an executioner. Of Jews, I mean, he he was a killer of the Jews. He was, you know, did a lot of the things genocidally, you know, almost that that Hitler um, had done previous or done in the future in the World War II era. Mm-hmm. I mean, Saul was seeking out God's people specifically to kill them because they were God's people, and he had, you know, he's on the path and he has the the coming the coming of Christ moment, and he he turns his whole life around, starts the church, starts basically the whole New Testament. Half the Old New Testament is written by Paul about the churches that he creates. So really, it, did Kanye have that coming to Jesus moment? That's likely between him and God himself. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, again, who, who am I to say? But at the same time, as Joe said, you know, a, a wolf in sheep's clothing possibility is definitely there. So you need to be conscious of what you're listening to. And if, you're, you know, if you have kids and you're listening to this, you have children, you have to be conscious of what your children are doing, what they're listening to. You know, they're at impressionable definitely. ages. They need to know, you need to be able to understand it and really comb through what you know what is truth what they need to you know identify as as good and, and bad so mm-hmm. this is uh is very important i hope i hope he is meaning what he says i really do but time will tell so i guess we'll just see how you know see what the next movement is from our friend kanye west yeah so so overall me personally like i listened to it you know obviously before coming into this but you know, the music wasn't bad. You know, the choir was great. The choir, choir, was, choir, was, choir was fantastic. <laughs> and that's obviously, that's going to be a big spiritual yeah. buzz, as choir, Joe mentioned. choir did their thing. And he produced it pretty well. Oh, he's always been a you great producer. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, course, so. he never makes any, you know, bad music, you know, no. according to the reviews and stuff. But, sure. um, you know, I think, like, uh, with the three C's, the uh, conscious, crazy, and Christian, like, going into our next question... Like, is he finding himself? Is he losing himself? Um, is this new technology and the internet and social media, is that, like, making him go through phases? Or, right. you know, is he, is he delusional? Mm-hmm. Um, is he watching other things, seeing other things on the internet that makes him 
uh, believe a certain thing and go against his other beliefs and, you know, now change who he is. So, like, you know, that's a big question for, you know, not just Kanye, but for, for everybody. Um, the second question was, uh, do we love ourselves more in a virtual world and less in the real world? In the real world, excuse me. You know, just like uh, I was just saying about Kanye, did does he love the fame and the Instagram followers and likes and comments and stuff, or is this really himself? You right. know? Is this genuine? Is it genuine? Exactly. Is this an authentic Kanye West? Is this the new direction he wants to take his life, or is this another form of shock value? You know, is this another Tracks. one of the Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time? Shrug, <laughs> drop the mic. So yeah. now maybe that that was played out a little <clears throat> bit. Now he's like, okay, I did this, that, and the third. I was I was wild. I was that. Now, how can I keep the pop? You know, how can I be relevant? Right, right. How can I remain relevant? Okay, exactly. Now, <laughs> keep that now, media. People may say, oh no way, Kanye's not really a Christian. I'm about to go listen to this and see what it's really about. You know, they say all news. Is good news. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're listening to it, if, whether you're streaming it, whether you purchased it, whatever you did, there's still money going to Kanye West's pocket. And he's profiting off of your listens. So, really, he's still attracting new fans. His his old fans are going to listen to it regardless. They're probably diehards. Mm-hmm. So, really, like, like segued into this next question, as Sami said, do we love ourselves more in the virtual world and less in the real world? Um this could be true. Like, how, does Kanye West love Kanye West? Do you love you? How do you feel about yourself? Do you need likes? Do you need, you know, reposts, retweets, right, likes, right. favorites, whatever, to justify yourself as a person? Or are, mm. are you are you comfortable in your skin? So, Joe, how do you feel about this topic? Yeah, for this question, um, I definitely feel like people love themselves more in the virtual world solely because they they're under their impression that they can control everything. What people see, what people don't see, mm. what filter they put on a picture, you know, what what they get to tweet, what they get to post, what they share. So I feel like the majority definitely loves themselves more in the virtual world due to that um, feeling of control. But at sooner or later, you're going to, you know, you're, the real you will come out. It's called behavioral residue, um, which is basically you're attempting to hide certain things or make your give this persona that's not really you or make your life look like something that is really not. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, things are going to start, you know, coming back to normal. Like you can only you can only act for so long. Now, don't get me wrong. Social media is probably one of the biggest and craziest um, advancements that the internet was um, able to, you know, the internet made possible to happen, mm-hmm. especially along with iPhones and, you know, Samsungs with the camera quality. So I feel like those were both rising in popularity at the same time and they were kind of feeding off each other's energy. And so now social media has definitely created, you know, new jobs, new sources yeah. of income, you know. Um it's it's um uh rekindled, you know, relationships, you know. It's made family members, you know, meet up with each other that they haven't seen in years, you know. Social media has definitely done a lot of good in this world in this society, for sure. But when it comes to loving yourself 
in the virtual world versus the real world, I feel like it's been a little distorted because you have so much control over how you can perceive yourself and how others can perceive you on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter mm-hmm. or whatever it is that people are starting to lose sight of the of what really goes on in the real world. Like at the end of the day, you turn off that phone, you plug it into that charger and you go to sleep. You know what I'm saying? It's you're not going to sleep on Instagram or on Twitter or on Facebook. So I feel yeah. like people um definitely utilize social media, but you need to understand that it's not the real world at the end of the day, you know, so you can't you can't take it too too serious. But uh what y'all gotta what what y'all gotta say about social that? media as a whole is is an incredible blessing and it can also be an incredible curse. I mean, just your cell phone just a cell phone in general, you have this thing in your pocket that can literally search any anything everything that you would want and you know in the as quick as you can tap your fingers on the screen um yeah. everything's happening in real time um even with the tv i mean now you're being able to choose obviously this is a tangent from the exact question but just to hark on the fact of social media in general but youtube has tv now so now you're choosing right. live you're watching live streams of whatever you want to watch you know you're not even really Fresh. watching you're paying for things you don't, you don't want cable. anymore right so you you're getting to you again yeah. pick and choose and pinpoint what you want to see, what you don't want to see, what you want to do, what you don't want to do, and what you want other people to see, as Joe said, and what you don't want them to see. Yeah. I mean, I could take pictures. I could just save pictures from any number of places I've been and post them at specific times, and it could look like I'm just you know, living life. Like, I'm here. Oh, he's here now. He's there now. He's there now. He's there. Oh, Brent's going all over these places when, you know, you have done that over years, years and years of span, but it looks like you're just like, Oh, I'm in, you know, Kentucky now, I'm in Pennsylvania now, I'm in LA, Atlanta, blah, blah, blah. Now, people are living that life through yeah. likes as opposed to really living your life. As soon as you go to a concert, as soon as a band comes on, what happened? Everybody puts their phone up and starts videoing it. Yeah. Are you listening to it or are you just doing that for the memory yeah. to show people that you were there? So as like you're <laughs> impressing people. Like that's that you want your reputation to be a specific thing. So, you know, I have here John Wooden's quote about character and and reputation. It says be more concerned with your character than your reputation because your character is what you really are while your reputation is merely what other people think you are. Yeah. Your character is who you are behind the scenes when the lights are off. Mm-hmm. You know, as we use that analogy in sports a lot, your reputation is that Snapchat or that whatever Instagram story or whatever that you may put up about you in the gym or you working out. And you very well may be working out. But... What are they're not there the whole time watching you work out? You don't know what you're doing. No, are you really putting in that work, or you're just there to take a gym a gym picture, flexing in the mirror? Are you really in there getting it in? So the fact of the matter is, things can be perceived any number of ways, and like Joe said, control is such a big thing. Life is not something that you can control. You you, we always say control your controllables. You can't worry about things that are outside your control. In social media world, you can make it your own way. Yeah, it's like Burger King, right? Have it, have it your way. You get to, you get to have it any type of way that you want. The world is different. The world is ever changing. You have to be adaptive, and you have to be able to to make changes. And there, you can be perceived as a particular person. I know Tommy has a lot to say on this topic, so I will let him hop into. (laughs) No, it's cool. I was just you know rereading the question and just thinking about you know how I perceive myself online or you know on my Twitter and my Instagram and stuff like that, but. Personally, you know, I think people are living in a virtual world. I do agree with you guys because, 
you know, this new thing, catfishing, has become mm-hmm. becoming very popular. <laughs> People are showing, uh, I guess, the good angles of themselves and only good pictures on their on their uh, social media accounts mm-hmm. that makes them look ten times what they do look in person and uh, their personalities and stuff. And I and I, me as a psych major, you know, I believe that. Um, us living in a virtual world and having these social media accounts and, you know, portraying someone different that we really are can actually cause psychological problems mm-hmm. in a long run. I agree. Absolutely. Because, agree. you know, you... It's distorted reality. Yeah. That's it's right. like you were saying about um, you you went to L.A. once before, you know, you went to a couple of these places once before, and then you just post these pictures Looking like you're traveling and you're, yeah, just you're always on the got, go. You got right, money exactly. and stuff like that. So, you know, you t- you tend to attract those type of people. Mm-hmm. And if you're not really living that, you know, it's going to, you know, bite you in the butt. And you're going to be like, dang, they, you know, I met this person. I really like them, but their their means are too expensive for me. You know, they may have come from a, a wealthy family. Mm-hmm. And the way you portray yourself, it looks like you came from a wealthy family. You right. know, you're doing your thing the, the out biggest, here. I think the biggest effect that we've seen is is on relationships as a whole, but especially intimate relationships. You know, yeah. men and women meeting people on social media without first meeting them in person. I mean, if I send a text message now and somebody else, you know, you send me a text message back, I don't have to respond immediately and you might not even know that I read it. Obviously, right. I don't have my read receipts on my cell phone, whatever. It just mm-hmm. says delivered. I could have read it 30 seconds after you sent it, 30 minutes or three hours and you wouldn't know. Never know. And I could just wait and then I can calculate a response. While in person, obviously, you know, there's so many behavioral tics. There's so many signs to see if somebody is uncomfortable answering that question. Right. They're not confident to answer that question. They could be thinking of a lie or something. That's something you're able to pick up on tendencies in person. But uh, over a cell phone, you know, over social media or something, people are able to plan out what they want to say. Then they look like exactly. this tailor-made person, this tailor-made man or woman for for that other person that, you know, is like, oh, my gosh, I, they romanticize the situation. Yeah. Wow, this person is so fantastic until you have that real world interaction mm-hmm. as opposed to that virtual world interaction. And that's, exactly. that's where it's so dangerous. That's where the psychological impacts really come in because you end up really thinking that you are the person that you have everyone else perceived that you are when yep. you really may not be that. Or you have built up this image of someone else in your mind and then you meet them and they're not that and it breaks you. Yeah. So it, it's, it's very dangerous. It needs yeah. to be, again, treaded lightly, again, for those kids at impressionable ages, we're putting cell phones in, in five, six-year-olds' hands. We're giving these kids iPads, right. and, and they're playing these games, and we're using them as babysitters. I mean, obviously, you need to monitor what your kids are doing, but at the same time, what are you know are you teaching them to go out and, and be you know, social, be go social to the with park, the classmates? Exactly, just talk, skating and, ring or something to to do things in person because that's how you make these real-life connections. Because yes, technology has advanced so far, and it's a wonderful thing in the workplace is obviously adapting to that so quickly. If you don't have technological skills, it's hard to find a job. Yeah. But at the same time, that eye contact and the handshake and, and the ability to, to live up to your word and have things in on time and, mm-hmm. and be on time and all these different things, you know, say yes, yes, and thank you, yes, ma'am, no, sir, whatever. Yeah. These manners that your parents taught you or, or hopefully taught you when you were at a young age, they'll go so far. 
Yes, man. I like, I like FaceTime and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, FaceTime you get to see, right, right, see right. somebody's reaction, face reaction to the right. things you say. You be like, what? Oh, 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 oh my God. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just that, you know, that, that really, that middle ground where you actually can see at the same time I'm on the phone, but I can see you. Exactly. We can really interact. You, know, you just need that face-to-face contact. And that's, that's, again, a wonderful invention of our technology and it has its it has its perks it has its goods and it has its bads it's just those things that you have to sift through on your own and really um really make that decision based on your life so yeah for sure for sure so at the end of the day you need to be okay with putting that phone down and you know experiencing that real life real world connection emotion and just being comfortable in your own skin man you just don't, you know, as we talked about on the last episode, it's all about love. So don't be, don't be afraid to be comfortable in your own skin. Know yourself, love yourself. Know yourself, love yourself. You feel me? Absolutely. But um, we're going to take a little break and don't go nowhere because we got some good questions coming up. And we're back. Thank y'all for staying tuned in. And for the last question, it is, what do you think about the pay gap between men and women in the, in the United States? And for this question, I definitely believe this is a real thing. You know, some people say that the pay gap isn't real, but I definitely believe that the pay gap is definitely real. It's right in front of us to me. But um, I didn't want to speak too much on this topic, I wanted to bring a woman to the podcast. I have Ellie Dixon here with me. She's a student here at West Virginia Tech. And uh, just tell them how you're feeling. Tell them how you're feeling. Well, I mean, I agree with you. I think the, the pay gap is definitely, um, is definitely there. I mean, if you look at professional sport for a start, I mean, look at the, the U.S. women's national soccer team. I mean, they have won, what, three back-to-back World Cups? Yeah, a lot. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, right, don't rub it in. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but, I mean, I, I think it was 2010 or 2014, the, the men's team were paid more for getting to the round of 16 than the women were paid for winning the entire competition. Wow, and, that's crazy. Um, even now, they're making something like 38 cents to every man's dollar on, you know, on the men's team. Mm. And the men's team don't achieve anything. And uh, <laughs> you know, just to be blunt, yeah, yeah, <laughs> when yeah, it comes yeah. to soccer, you guys. And that's suck. in the sports world. It's worse. Yeah. It's worse in the professional sports world. I think, I think in the regular, you know, workforce, it's like um, for women, it's eighty-six. For white women, it's eighty-six cents to the white man's dollar. Mm-hmm. But it's even worse for Latino women and African American women. Minorities. Right, but that's crazy that you say that because in the sports world it's even worse. You would think that it would be mm-hmm. a little bit better, but it's worse. Especially when it comes down to all the uh, the sponsorship and, and the TV deals and things like that mm-hmm. that you get that come that come hand in hand with professional mm-hmm. sports. But, right. you know, it blows my mind. I don't know how many more World Cups you guys need to win before you start <laughs> getting paid the same. Like. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I do think they should get paid more you know the u.s women's soccer team because they're out working just as hard as we are and maybe harder you know women go through a lot of things you know a lot more things than men yeah you know women have pregnancies Mm -hmm. um that's a big one they're monthly you know a lot of different things and women are honestly in my opinion i think women are smarter than men they they can handle situations under pressure better um it is a fact that 
women can shoot guns better. You I know, didn't know that. Yeah, that's that's, that's, a, that's a little off topic. <laughs> you know that. But um, women can shoot guns better because <clears throat> they're more calm. They um, they you know breathe, and you know men are anxious and they they just want to get to it, and you know that's that's a little bit how I feel about that. But the the pay gap, you know, I'm a male, and you know I you can call me a feminist because I'm I'm all for women, like. Women have babies, like they make life. Um, nowadays, it's being, you know, very uh, popular that women are independent and they're raising children on their own, and you know, small stuff like that. Like, they definitely should have more money in their pockets. For you sure, know? I agree. They I agree definitely should sure. have more money in their pockets. But it's not even a point of the fact that women can do so many of these things that men can't. I think it should just be a point blank starting place that we should be in equal positions from right, the get go. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. And I don't think that we should have to pre-qualify these things for, oh, well, we give birth. So, you know, we should be able to get yeah, equal pay because, right. you know, you're from right, the starting right. blocks, we should have the equality in no matter what the job is that, that you know, I'm going to get the same salary as you if we go into the same job, you right. know, in the same yeah, field. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Um, I also wanted to say that I think I've been seeing a lot of more, at least in the professional sports world, I've been seeing more women be more open to kind of leading the charge because I feel like women in the, you know, whether they're in, not in the professional sports world, but whether you're a teacher or, or you're a chef or you do this, that, and the third, I've seen a lot of women in the professional sports world, like Allison Felix, she just went through a birth, and Nike was, I think trying to get rid of her contract or put it on wow. pause, you know, not get paid while wow. she was going through her birth. But she's the most decorated U.S. athlete ever yeah. or athlete in the world, I think, ever. Wow, and so she was, you know, she was trying to she was sticking up for what she believed in. She ended up making the USA team, going back to world championships after giving birth and just kind of showing the world like like women, women do this. You know what I'm right. saying? So like. So I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of more women not be afraid of that spotlight to lead that charge, and I thought that was um, I thought that was really good because I think that's definitely steps in the right direction for uh, minimizing that pay gap, whether it's in the professional sports world or in the regular workforce. I feel like that's that's going to create a domino effect for sure. So so Ellie, um, over in in the UK, like how how is it? you know, the pay gap there? Is it the same here in the U.S. or is it more equal? Well, I thought ours wasn't as visible mm. because, you know, um, not to not to brag, but, you know, I generally we seem to be more on top of things in terms of equality because uh, certainly in terms of things like race. Yeah. You mm. know, there doesn't seem to be as big of a divide where I'm from as there seems to be in this country yeah um but when i was kind of looking it up and when i was researching you know it's still still really similar i mean um i was looking and it's the pay gap in the uk has increased this year for the first time in a number of years so it's getting worse Mm. um but i would assume that that's to do with the fact that our you know our close ties to here and the fact that we're trying to build a stronger relationship you know is we are becoming you know we're assimilating Mm. effectively 
because um, I mean I was looking here that um, average uh, female CEO earns around seventy seven thousand this pounds this is so British currency mm-hmm. but your male, male counterparts can earn hundred k. Wow. So same job, but there's still a gap, and I just I think the problem that we have is that it's not talked about. You know, I don't. I think mm. it's a very it's a very British thing to ignore problems mm. and to. You oh, know, that's a that's an American thing too. For sure. That's, that's <laughs> you an know, American if thing. it if it's right if it's not like, there, you, know. you don't need to talk about it. You know, we'll just we'll just keep quiet and hope that nobody notices. That seems mm. to be a very very British trait. But um, I mean, it's it's it seems to me that that you know our pay gap is. I think it is just split between the genders rather than split between the genders and then the races. But, mm. I mean, it's still there and it still needs to be tackled, you know, right, whatever definitely. the size of it. I just, I don't know how how we go about it in either places, to be honest. You know, yeah. I, you've got to start somewhere. Mm. But where that is, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's interesting that you say that you guys are kind of moving backwards and assimilating. So hopefully, if possible, you're able to kind of nip it in the bud, you know, get on it early mm-hmm. instead of letting it increase and increase and get worse. But um, at the end of the day, we definitely believe women and men should have equal pay based on qualifications, not gender. Definitely. For sure. I feel like we can all agree on that, regardless of oh, what country yeah. you're from. Ellie's from the UK, if you didn't. Obviously, you could tell the accent. But... Um, <laughs> But regardless of what country you're from, it should always be about equality. And it was also interesting that you said it's just between gender, not gender and race. So that kind of shows how deep America's problem really is. That it's not, it's gender, but it's another subcategory of of race. That's what I'm saying. It's a lot. (laughs) We're going to save that. We're going to save that one for our next show. Right, right, right. (laughs) But um, that's all we got for y'all today. Thank y'all for tuning in. Keep sending in them questions, and we're going to keep the answers coming. And y'all have a good one.